Hello, my AOWs. So after last week's sombering show, today I have a completely different vibe. I am so excited for you to listen in as I get to interview Angie Hot and Flashy. That's the same Angie Hot and Flashy on YouTube with a million followers. And what I'm so inspired and what I really love about getting the chance to chat with her is how she has inspired so many women to feel their best, to feel beautiful, and simply amazing in midlife. So we talk all things beauty, midlife, and menopause. It was such an honor having her on the show. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. It's no secret we talk a lot about genitourinary syndrome of menopause here on the show. So I'm excited to tell you about a non-hormonal product I recently discovered, which is the Once Daily Oral Omega-7 Soft Gels from Femininity. These have been shown in clinical studies to help decrease vaginal dryness. Omega-7 is a key component to epithelial tissue, which makes up a significant portion of the sensitive vaginal and vulvar tissue. Not only could you see improvements there, but additional benefits include healthier hair, skin, and nails, relief from dry eyes, plus a healthier digestive tract. I've been using it, and I can definitely see and feel the benefits. It's also free of gluten, yeast, sodium, GMOs, wheat, dairy, and other preservatives. To learn more and order your soft gels, you're going to want to head to restorefemininity.com. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-E-F-E-M-I-N-I-N-I-T-Y.com. You can also find the link in the description and show notes and also on Amazon. Thank you for sponsoring today's show, Femininity. All right. I am I am so excited. I don't have the words to say how excited I am to have Angie hot and flashy on the show today. And the first thing I wanted to say is, I think behind you, I may be wrong. I think your 1 million subscriber plaque may be behind you, yes. and, you and you hit a million subscribers on YouTube, which is, I mean, a mind blowing, a testament a testament to how many people love you watch your videos and find your messages, your weekly messages, just so inspiring. Like, so the first question is, you know, I wanted to ask you how you got there, but I guess we should rewind and sort of say, how did you start? What inspired you to, you know, 10 years ago, probably when YouTube was just this like thing that, you know, kids were uploading punk videos to how, what, what, how did you start there? Yeah, I, I was very afraid of YouTube 10 years ago, but I had just had my 50th birthday and I was kind of freaking out about it, you know, going through menopause and everything was changing and my skin was changing was the worst thing. And I had been a sun worshiper for 45 years. And so I had the wrinkles and everything to show for it. So I was just looking for information on what I could do because my friends didn't talk about it. No one told me anything about skincare. I live in a part of the country where people don't really care that much, or, you know, you just look like what you look like as you get older. Mm -hmm. And I guess I wasn't that happy with it. So I was just searching on the internet for 
information on like, what would an IPL do? Or, you know, what skin creams can I use? What's the best eye cream, all that kind of stuff. And there was literally no information from someone my age who had used X eye cream and could show me that it worked or had had an IPL and could show me what it did. Hmm. And so I was kind of explaining that to my daughter who was big into watching YouTube and she pulled up a YouTube channel and she goes, mom, look at this girl. This is you like 30 years ago. And she was doing a, what I eat in a day video. And then she was doing a skincare video and she was 20. Uh huh. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, so there's more out there than just like cute cat videos and dangerous stuff. And she's like, yeah, mom, everything's on YouTube. So I didn't see anyone who was my age. So I thought, I wonder if I just started making videos and put them out there, if anyone would watch. And, you know, in the beginning, it was a little crickets chirping, but by the end of the first year, there were enough people watching. I think I had like 12,000 subscribers and I thought, my God, that's, you know, I thought that was really a lot, you know, a ton because I didn't really think that people my age were on YouTube. Like I certainly wasn't watching YouTube at that point or doing anything on social media. I had mm-hmm. Facebook and that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of what got me started. And I thought, well, if I don't reach anybody in the first year, I'll probably just fold it up. But I had my little group of 12,000 and it was such a great experience because everybody was so nice and everyone mm-hmm. was looking for the same kind of information that I was and not finding it. So I kind of just saw a little niche that needed to be filled gave it a try and it actually worked out. And now here we are 10 years later, I just passed the million subscriber mark, as you said. And I'm, I just couldn't be happier because, you know, my goal when I started it was to be the first over 50 person to get a million subscribers. And sadly, I wasn't the first. There are a couple of people who made it there before me in the beauty space, but that I've actually made it is just a testament to how many women in this age group are actually using social media and watching YouTube and looking for advice and people that they can relate to and not just being sold stuff all the time. You know, like a lot of social media is people pushing product, pushing, pushing, pushing. And I try not to be a product pusher. I try to be more of a, look, here's how it worked on me. Take a good look at my face, super up close, <laughs> this kind of light, that kind of light. I show you everything, everything, you know, makeup, everything. Yeah. and then you decide, you decide yeah. if you think it could work on your skin. You decide if the results are worth your money. You know, yeah. you decide whatever you decide is what you decide, but that's kind of how I made videos that I wanted to see Yeah, because the people I had watched were, I, I didn't really like you know, watching their cat run around in the background or, you know, right. Right. Um, or just, oh, I put this on and look how much different I look. And I'd be like, well, you're five feet from the camera. Right. I can't tell what it looks like. You right. Know, stick your face in the camera. Let me see what it actually looks like. Yes. So, yeah. You definitely, you, 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 you're, you're, what is the word I want to say? Like, yeah, if you're going to try something and recommend it, like you're not just like looking at the box, like you are doing the whole thing. (laughs) You are wearing it for a while. You'll do the hair, the skin, the clothes, Mm -hmm. and and really make people feel as though, I mean, I mean, people feel so inspired and really help women feel beautiful and sexy. Like that is so empowering Mm -hmm. when women have been told for so long and probably still are, you can weigh in, but you know, after you have your children, you're just no longer 
you, yeah. you know, you're no longer something to be viewed as beautiful. And you have taken that and completely flipped it upside down, which is why I think I, I've always watched your videos and why I find what you do for women, similar to like what I do, like we're taking care of women. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. D does that make you feel this really fun sense of empowerment or responsibility? I mean, both it, there's nothing that gives me more joy than, you know, people writing in and saying, you know what, I'm going to try using makeup again after 20 years of not using makeup because my skin changed and everything looked bad, but you taught me how to put it on that makes it look good. And you, you know, tried 50 foundations to find the one good one that looks good on mature skin. And I tried that one and it worked for me. And now my husband said, I look beautiful. And, you know, my girlfriends complimented me or a lot of them on the skincare, they'll go to like their esthetician or their dermatologist. And the dermatologist will say, what are you doing to your skin? It looks great. And they'll be like, oh, I follow Angie Hot and Flashy's skincare routine. And just like, I am a lay person. I am not an expert in any of this, but I approached it all from the standpoint of, I wanted to learn everything that there was to know because 10 years ago when I started, there weren't dermatologists on YouTube and there weren't hormone, right. you know, men, menopause doctors on YouTube. Right. And now there's so many doctors on YouTube giving the actual fact-based research-based information. But back then there was none of that. So I tried to research things and I tried to like, just, I would email dermatologists out of the blue and be like, hi, I have a YouTube channel. What are the three you know, most important things to have in your skincare routine. And then I'd research it, everything. And that's how I put my skincare routine together. And it was just like an experiment to see if it would help. And it did. And I started using sunscreen every day, which I had never done. And that <laughs> right, you said <laughs> you were a sun worshiper back in the Massachusetts days, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. until I was like 48, 49, I never used, I would use sunscreen at the beach only, you know, and probably not enough. Yeah, And I did a number on my face. I have all the wrinkles and, you know, age spots and everything to show for it. But, you know, I kind of approached it from a, I want to present fact-based information, research-based information. And so when I, when people write in and give me these experiences that they've had, it's just so rewarding. Like I never thought that I would have an effect on actual people's lives by just doing my experiment and putting my results out there, but it's just been an amazing response. So, you know, it's oh, just it's so great. It, it, I mean, it brings tears to my eyes because I think <clears throat> so much of what I do, I, you know, I always say, people always say, Oh, thank you. You're doing God's work, whatever it may be. And mm -hmm. I say, really, you're doing all the work. Right. I'm suggesting things and I'm empowering you and I'm giving you the confidence to make these choices and, and maybe prescribing mm -hmm. something, whatever. But I, I feel like you're doing the same thing. And it is this wonderful feeling to have someone sort of just to either watch them either from afar, or even if it's just a comment on your YouTube of like, this totally changed my life. Like you feel it. And it is just mm -hmm. it's wonderful. Yeah. So I have to ask you, how did you come up with hot and flashy? <laughs> well, you know, it's a menopause joke. <laughs> so, um, right after I turned 50, I started going through menopause, but you know, I was like, what, what should my channel name be? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I am a menopausal woman and it was kind of all about 
my tagline is maintain a little hotness in your hot flash years. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just thought hot and flashy would be a cute name. So I decided to go for that. And, you know, it's really been good. And a lot of people get the joke. A lot of people didn't get the joke at first. And they would be like, thinking that I meant it in the sense of all aging women or middle-aged women have to be hot and have to be flashy. Like I've got sequins on all the time, but then if they actually watched and got to know me, they'd know that I'm not a super flashy person, Um, but I was having hot flashes and I just thought it was just amusing to have it be hot and flashy. I love the name. I think it's so perfect because it, it is exactly like that. You, you can kind of use it both ways. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea that, right. Yeah. It can be a little bit about right. menopause or, or a little bit about that, but also, you know, being sexy and whatever right. you want to be in midlife. Right. And like, there's nothing wrong being with being hot or flashy or hot and flashy when you're <laughs> middle-aged or, you know, post-menopausal, it's all great. And I completely agree with your point that Um, you know, society wants us to go through menopause and then disappear in the woodwork. They don't Mm -hmm. want to hear from us. Nobody wants to see us. No one wants to think that we can be beautiful and sexy and actually have something to give back to society, but we're only halfway through our lives. So, and we're at the stage where we have gained so much knowledge through our journey. And we also have that, that nice perspective where, everything everyone says to us doesn't kill us and doesn't hurt so much. And you let go of a lot of the angst and the anxiety and the needing to please. And you realize that, you know, you've done all this stuff for other people your whole life. And now it's kind of your turn. Mm -hmm. And why not be the best you you can be once you're postmenopausal or perimenopausal, any, you know, anywhere in there. Like, I feel like people are leaning into their aging earlier, like people in their twenties now are like, Oh my God, I have a wrinkle. What can I, what can be done for that? (laughs) So they're starting to think about it earlier, which is interesting, which Mm -hmm. is, well, I think it's interesting that I do have a lot of younger viewers. Like my viewers go down to about even people in their twenties will write in and be like, can you do a a skincare video for people in their twenties or people in their thirties? Like, what should we be doing? So that when we get to be your age, we can look as good as you. And I'm like, well, if you only knew start, don't make all the mistakes I did. (laughs) Don't don't be a sun worshiper, start using sunscreen now. And you won't have to be, you know, trying IPL treatments or, you know, getting Botox because you will have taken care of your skin along the way. Mm -hmm. Unlike me who abused my skin my entire life. And then was like, oh, wait, why does it look old now? (laughs) You know? What do you think, what do you think your favorite, you know, I was going to say age or decade, or when do you think that you've felt the most beautiful in your life? Oh gosh, that's so hard to say. I mean, I kind of feel like now because I have to say the eighties were not a pretty decade, like (laughs) just the stuff that we had available to us, (laughs) the hair, Uh, the makeup, the clothes, I know they keep coming back around, but I look at them and I'm like, Oh, it's so cringy to look back at, you know, I think I had like a flock of seagulls hairdo. Oh, remember those crimpers that just like burned your hair alive? We had big perms and the whole thing. I mean, it was just the makeup wasn't great. The clothes weren't great. The hair wasn't great. I mean, fortunately we had the beauty of youth on our side, which I feel like, you know, when you're younger, you could do anything to your hair, your makeup, whatever. You just, your skin has that natural, beautiful glow. And you can have it when you're older as well, but it takes a lot more work and knowing the right things to use on it so that you actually have that. Um, But 
yeah, so back then I, I don't feel like I, I, I felt like I was attractive enough, but I didn't feel really like beautiful and hot until like now, because I've really mm-hmm. done a lot more with myself now. I've, I've actually learned to use makeup and mm-hmm. learned what kind of clothes were right for me and learned how I want to wear my hair. And it's not so much an expression of other things that people want me to be. You know, when I was a mom, I dressed like a mom. I was kind of a stay-at-home soccer mom. So I kind of dressed a little bit like that, but, you know, and you just went with the flow of what that time in your life was like, but it wasn't, it was all about the kids and doing things for them. And, you know, I look good, but I feel like now that it's my time and I put on makeup every day and do my hair every day and put on a cute outfit. I like that. I'm like, yeah, I look good now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that message. And I hope you have inspired so many women to have that message that actually this is such a wonderful time. Cause I think people, um, and I have a biased view, I guess, cause I think about menopause all the time. Um, yeah. but I think a lot of people do, you know, start to lose themselves a little bit in their forties and there's a lot of caregiver strain and then hormones start to change. And then they see this fifties as like just this, you know, looming, um, a big disappointment or like, you know, mm-hmm. but you've managed to, uh, really not only show to yourself, which is just actually as important as showing the world. And I think that is so vital. So tell me a little bit, how was your experience when you were having your hot flashes? Mm-hmm. How was your menopausal experience 10 years ago or seven years ago? However many years ago it was, how was, how, how did that, how did that go for you? Um, not great. Not great. I actually remember in, um, was it 2001, 2002, when the WHI study came out, I wasn't, I was perimenopausal then, but I was still on birth control. And I remember hearing on the radio that estrogen gave you everything bad, heart attacks, cancer, blood clots, strokes. And I thought, oh my God, estrogen's evil. I need to get off this birth control. So I did that. And then you know, kind of perimenopause started kicking in. I didn't start having really trouble with hot flashes until I was maybe 52 or so, but I went to my gynecologist and I was having trouble sleeping. I was having these bad hot flashes. And first she suggested antidepressants, which I was like, well, I'm not depressed. I'm menopausal. So I was hoping more for HRT. And she said, all right, well, hmm, let me, you know, check your thyroid, of course, which is a good thing to do but she wasn't into it. She just was not fully on board. She said, all right, well, since you have, you know, we talked about my family background and history, and I have a big family history with heart disease, with osteoporosis and with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's no breast cancer in my family pretty much. So um, she said, all right, well, since you have, you know, more heart issues and those things will, I'll let you go on it but I'm going to put you on the lowest dose and I want you off within five years. So I was like, okay. So she put me on it and it didn't really help my hot flashes. So I did the first year and I was like, I'm still not sleeping. I'm still having hot flashes. I'm still a brain fog. I was having all the symptoms, cranky and moody, blah, blah, blah. And um, she said, well, it just seems like it's not working for you. So why don't we try to wean you off? So I started weaning off of it. (laughs) And then right around then was when some of the menopause doctors started showing up on YouTube. Yay! I know. And so I started getting more information about what menopause was and what 
some more interesting things came out about HRT and about right. the WHI and how it was a flawed study and how maybe that HRT wasn't, you know, maybe estrogen wasn't poison and maybe you could use it and it could help you in other ways. Like with mm -hmm. those three things that I was just talking about, heart disease, right. osteoporosis and Alzheimer's. Yeah. So I got quite an education on that. And then, so I went back to my doctor and I said, look, I think I really want to be on HRT, but I want to be on this dose. So mm -hmm. she said, okay, I'll put you on a patch and for your estrogen. No, it was a Climera Pro patch. So it was mm -hmm. a that combination. The yeah. combi patch. Yeah. Okay. So I went on that and then I had some, some breakthrough bleeding. And so then I had to go in for the uterine um, cancer test screening. So that was fun. And then, um, you know, she assured me, ah, it's probably negative. It's probably just because the dosage isn't right here. So I went off the combi patch, went on an estrogen patch, started taking oral progesterone, which she was like, this is going to be great because it'll make you sleepy at night. Well, it made me feel lousy. I still couldn't sleep. And then I had breakthrough bleeding again. So I went mm -hmm. in for another, another uterine scraping <laughs> to see, you know, uh, um, oh, and at that point she was like, I don't think it's working for you. Let's just take you off. <laughs> oh no, this is the second, let's take you off conversation. Right. So yeah. this is, this is like years, five years, five years yeah. we're going back and forth on this. And the, the whole time I'm not on the minimum only for like one year was I on the dosage that would actually help with my heart disease and, you know, help with everything else. So anyway. I had a consultation with another menopause doctor on YouTube, and she suggested a way that I could use progesterone and a patch and not have this breakthrough bleeding and told me, take this information to your doctor, see what she says. So I did. My doctor agreed to it. And yeah. it has been perfect ever since. Yay, that's so exciting. So yeah. I'm yeah. successfully using HRT. My doctor, though, mm -hmm. scared me about it because when we were going back and forth like that, I had said, well you know, cause I still kind of had in the back of my mind, the WHI study and is it dangerous? And I wanted a doctor to tell me that it, I wasn't increasing my risk of breast cancer or anything else by using this. And she really wouldn't. And I said, well, would you be on it? And she was like, I wouldn't be on it at all. And I was like, oh, well, why? She was like, oop, time's up. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> God, what a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation reassured you very well. <laughs> so I was still a little bit. So anyway, it was yeah. not a great experience. And I feel like, yeah. like I've actually made a couple of videos on menopause. And the first one was when I first started going through it, the title was menopause sucks. <laughs> I didn't really have anything to say about it, except that I had my symptoms and I was afraid and I didn't know what to do or where to turn. And I just wanted to start a conversation with people. Yeah. And yeah. I was blown away by the comments yeah. below that video from my viewers. Everyone was mm -hmm. having different experiences, some like me, but then a lot of people saying, well, you know, I went on HRT, but it gave me breast cancer and, you mm -hmm. know, this kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I, what I learned the most is that it, there's so much fear surrounding the whole thing and our generation mm -hmm. and our mother's generation and their mother's generation, you didn't talk about this. You didn't, you didn't go on a podcast, certainly until <laughs> what happened with your HRT. You know? no. <laughs> even today, oh, you're so I brave. To, <laughs> when I talk to my friends who are, you know, we're all turning 60 this year. And um, I, most of them are completely postmenopausal, but none of them would touch HRT because they all were 
the same as me, heard the same report, yeah. but they don't live on YouTube. And so they don't find yeah. you, you know, and if I hadn't found you and you know, a couple other doctors on YouTube, I don't know if I would have gotten the information I needed, but thank goodness for you guys, because you're out there, you're providing such an amazing service to people who are willing to listen. Like I had a preconceived notion, but I was willing to listen. And yeah. I heard enough people saying that study was flawed. Yeah. You can't really go by the results of that. So there are people who can use it successfully. Like my mom was on HRT for, I don't know, 40 years. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she's fine. She's 86, right. 85 yeah. now. So, you know, obviously it doesn't kill everyone. So no, right. You know, I, I would never want to minimize people who, you know, can't use it or haven't had a good experience because everyone's experience is different. But I just felt the fear in yeah. my audience. And it just so resonated with me that um, more information needed to be out there for everyone to get and hear. And so I love, <laughs> I look at you on Instagram a lot and I love how your, a lot of your posts are about the pellets um, and yeah, things okay. like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm moving in my seat. <laughs> yeah, I have Squirming. a friend using those and I try to send her your stuff, but again, she, you know, she doesn't want to hear it. So I'm like, all right, well, I tried. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, you know, <clears throat> to your point, I think that, um, it, everyone's path is, is a little different, but I feel as though, unfortunately, women don't get the chance to fully make their own decision because yeah. of experience like yours. And that has, that is not your fault or our listeners and your viewers faults. So that's really because the physician's you know, as you already know, aren't mm -hmm. really well educated. And so whenever I give talks to <clears throat> uh, doctors, I inevitably have this doctor that stands up and say, you know, usually talk about hormone therapy for a while and management, he or she will say, well, my patients don't even want hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, do they, do they even not really? want it or do you not want them to yeah, have right, it? Right, exactly. I mean, it is really, I think, to be able to sit through and walk through all the data and then have the woman say, if she's a good candidate, okay, yes, because I think many more people would you know, benefit from it. And certainly there are groups that can't, but your experience is all too common. And I think that right. that's why people like um, Menopause Taylor and um, uh, people like Jen Gunter and people who are really trying to help women get all these facts. And it inspires me too, because we, you know, I'd love to kind of then ask you as you've been on YouTube and social media for 10 years, mm -hmm. and you've seen women in this demographic start to use it and um, really interact with, you know, whether it's YouTube, it's podcasting, how are you seeing changes in what type of things women are asking or interested about, or do you actually feel like um, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, you know, kind of really more just like the editing has changed. Do you feel like the content has changed or what do you think has changed? Like while you've been on YouTube for the last 10 years? Yeah, I think, you know, the audience has definitely grown over the last 10 years. It was very small when I started. Now there are, you know, a ton of women watching, which is great, but they're also consuming a lot of content. Like people who watch YouTube and, and watch, you know, do look at TikTok and Instagram they consume a lot of content. Content. I feel like there's people who watch and people who don't. And people who don't, they're not interested. They don't watch anything. But people who do, they'll watch, I don't know how many videos in a row, but a lot of things on the same types of topics. Because of course, the platform's goal is to engage you and get you to watch more. So they, you watch a video of mine on 
you know, whatever. And then the next video that comes up is somebody else talking about the same thing, but with a different slant on it. And then, so I feel like people, there's so much information, people are getting confused about what is correct and right. what they can believe and who they can trust. So yeah. I get a lot of, you know, I, I've worked really hard to establish trust with my audience. Um, but, you know, of course there'll always be some people, you know, people who don't trust you, which is fine. It's hundred percent. Whoever you relate to is who you should watch, but people will watch other content creators and then come over to me and say, Hey, I just watched so-and-so's video. Can you watch it and tell me what you think of this? Because they disagree with you and I'm not sure who I should believe. And then I'll watch it and I'll be like, Ooh, well, hmm, that's, I, and on one hand, I kind of feel like it's not my job to be, be the YouTube police and go around, you know, oh, well, that person just told you a lie. Don't believe them. Like, that's not my place here. Um, but people kind of want that. So it puts you a little bit between a rock and a hard place, but I feel like at least if I'm going to answer those kind of things, I can do it from a semi as much of a fact-based research-based perspective as I can. So if someone said X, Y, and Z, well, here's what the studies show. The studies don't show that. And I didn't just read the abstract. I downloaded the entire study, read the whole thing. You're like, I'm dad, on the ground for you. you. about it. Like, you straight, you, you lovely lady in Minnesota, I will do this for you. Yes, exactly. Right. You know, and it may send me on this like, deep dive into this research for three hours or so, but I also want to know like, oh, so-and-so said that, is that right? Because, you know, I don't know. I'm a lay person. I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything, but if there is a question about something that I just said, whether it's valid or not, because somebody else just said the opposite, I want to know if I'm at least coming from a fact-based place, mm -hmm. you know, or if or not. And I want to make sure that I have my ducks in a row and I have my info right. So I, I never, I, you know, like, not that I hate to be wrong about things, but <laughs> I, I want to give as accurate information as I can. I, I feel like it's my, it was my goal when I started my channel to just, you know, put it, you know, like kind of tear back the curtain on the, mm -hmm. the Wizard of Oz, you know, and just show what was really going on behind the scenes. It's not all smoke and mirrors. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a mystery. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm so confused. Yeah. So I just try to present what I think are the facts, but who knows, and, yeah. and try to go with it that way. Um, but I feel like there is a lot of confusion out there because of all the different content that there voices. is. Mm -hmm. Digested and so many voices, and especially in menopause, like, you know, a lot of people will suggest to me when I do a menopause video, they'll be like, oh, well, you should watch so-and-so because I follow her. She's a menopause doctor or, or a menopause nutritionist or something. So I'll go and check it out and I'll be like, ooh, that just doesn't resonate with me. I don't find that to be the, because I don't know it, you know, everyone has their own predispositions for what they tend to go along with. And where my mom was a nurse, my dad was a chemist. I tend to like that's, science. That's so <laughs> I, cool. I go for the advances of modern medicine and what they can do to help us. So I guess that's why I wasn't like, why I was open to the idea of HRT rather than being completely closed off to it. Because for anything else in your life that affected you in that way, there would be a medicine that you would take for it. And I consider HRT my menopause medicine, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. you know, Anything else you have, 
you would definitely take medicine for it. So I was open to it, but I feel like that's kind of, there are so many voices and it's hard to weed through what you want to listen to and what you don't. And I feel like sometimes people get too much stuff and then it just, it just leaves them confused and they don't know what to do. Yeah. They get analysis paralysis. Well, I yeah. think that's why it's so great when I, I can't remember when, maybe it was in the fall or six months ago or nine months ago, every once in a while, you'll kind of talk an update about your hormone therapy. Yep. And I, wa- I was watching and you were talking about the patch and the IUD and like, mm-hmm. you nailed it. You <laughs> nailed it, you know, from an evidence-based physician expert opinion on menopause. And Mm -hmm. it is really great because I was just at a conference this last weekend and we were talking about the dangers of social media and women's health. And it's, it's so, um, fascinating, interesting, cool that like you see it too, right? Even though you're not a bona fide physician, you are someone that people trust for advice on things that are really important that kind of do cover and then go into the medical sphere. Um, and I, I don't mean to say as though you're doing, you're prescribing things you're not, but you know, you are just talking about your experience, but even when you're talking about products and what's in them or what Mm -hmm. you eat, like those are still things that are in that gray zone and you do an incredible job and it's so evident and so obvious. And it, that's, that's why I am so like happy that there, that, that you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to keep everything. This is my experience. This is what I've done because, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not any expert in any of this stuff, but people do want to come to me for like health related advice. And like the, my most popular video so far this year was one about, you know, maintaining, you know, a slim body post-menopause and fighting belly fat, right? Mm-hmm, Very mm-hmm. popular topic every year. I do one of these every year. It yep. always takes off like a shot, <laughs> you know, and I actually got a comment from a doctor last week who said, you should take this video down. You're dispensing medical advice. And I was like, no, I'm really not. I literally, I say upfront, I'm not a medical person. This is just what I do, but I do everything. You know, I look into it and this is what works for me based on what I've learned. And I'm sharing it here with you today. And that's all I can do. But it's amazing how people, people are looking for that information. And I feel like a lot of times people are looking for the information from someone who they consider a friend or someone who that they can relate to or someone who's going through the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So where I am a lay person in all of this, and I experiment, you know, I just try different things and I let you know how it went. And if it didn't work, then I stop with that and I change and do something else. But, you know, I'm very consistent with everything, whether it's skincare, diet, exercise, you know, I just want to find the thing that works and stick with it. So I'm not jumping around all the time and doing all this different stuff and doing fads. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I've I've never done keto or, you know, any of these things, because I don't really, for me, I don't feel like they're healthy to maintain long, long long-term. So for me, I just don't do them, but a lot of people will watch my video and be like, oh, you're practically doing keto. I'm like, well, or practically not, <laughs> you know, I, I always say the girlfriend effect is so strong and you have, whether you like it or not, a million girl, over a million girlfriends, right? I you know. Do. And I love them. They're great. You, you do. Okay. My, I, I, I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, how do your daughters feel about having such a famous mom? <laughs> they love it. They love it. And do they go to you for beauty advice? Do you go to them? Like I, you have two, two daughters, right? Yeah. 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 And like, 
it, you know, it just must be so fun to, um, well, you know, it just must be so, so fun. I have three, two, two sisters also. So there's three girls in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like how, how has that impacted them? If, if anything, or maybe it's not. Um, I think that they are much better about their skincare than they would have been if I wasn't doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, since they were babies, I always had them slathered up with sunscreen. Um, so they've never had a sunburn, which is awesome. So, but wow. you know, I've been teaching them about skincare. Now I start telling them about menopause and I'm like, <laughs> this is something that every woman needs to learn about for her life. So I'm like whispering in their ears about that, whispering in their ears about like, when's the right time to start on you know, prescription tretinoin for your skin and how you shouldn't be getting sunburns, but it's just amazing. Like we have such, I have such a great relationship with both of them. They're very different from each other, but they're very, they're so proud of what I've been able to do. And, um, yeah, like all their friends watch, they all, you know, they're, they're so cute. You know, well, your videos are, are like so soothing. They're yeah. so soothing. They're so fun to watch. I watch them. They're just, you feel, you, you really do. You, you give women this sense that they can just be their beautiful, authentic selves. And, yeah. and you're kind of the role model and do it right along with you. Yeah. I know some people say that they put on my videos when they can't sleep at night and my voice puts them to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, I'm either super boring or super soothing, but you know, either way, that's still a compliment. I like that, that, you know, if you're in the middle of the night, there's nothing more frustrating than not being able to sleep and having a friendly voice, just talk you to sleep. Like what a compliment. My, my audience, I, can I tell you, I have the best audience on YouTube, all social media women of this age. And in this demo, the best people. So nice. So genuine, just looking to make a connection. It's lovely. I know it's, it's so incredible and congrats on like being on good morning America. I mean, oh, because, and probably other shows, but I remember when you were on GMA because yeah. the impact that you are making on women in midlife and showing them that they can feel beautiful or feel their best or live life on their terms. Mm-hmm. It is it's also sort of what I do. (laughs) And I I get so inspired watching you really, truly. And thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. It was really great talking to you. Oh, well, thank you again. Thank you guys so much for listening in and we'll be back next week for a brand new episode. Bye everyone. If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Good.